just welcome you uh, again to Yes Lord Ministries. Uh, we honor our senior leaders, Apostle Willie and Apostle Mamie Talbert. Uh, and so, Lord God, we just thank you for this word that we're going to go into. Lord God, we thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and the Sanamite counsel of fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, a keen discernment that's going to learn in the activation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we just thank you right now for just receiving the practical principles from your word that we will live by it, Lord God, and just even live more in the faith that you've given us in Jesus Christ. We thank you. Amen. Amen. And so uh, this morning, I'm uh, going to talk about sowing a word, reaping a harvest, sowing a word and reaping a harvest. And so um, when you think about sowing a word, uh, a lot of people nowadays is it's really popular to hear people talk about, you know, putting it out there in the universe and all that. Uh, and, and is but they don't really understand where that actually comes from. They they think it's just like a, a motivational speaker. No, no. But there is spiritual power in the word of God. Jesus, uh, when he was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, and so we need to understand that it is the word of God that is going to enable us to see the victory uh, that we have in Jesus Christ, to realize that victory that we have in Jesus Christ, that builds our faith up to the point to where we can take hold and, and walk in the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And, and so uh, we're so there are a few scriptures that uh, I want you to read in your personal time. Uh, that's Mark, uh, Matthew 13, verses 18 to 35. Uh, Mark 4, verses 14 to 29, and then Luke 8, verse 11 to 18. Uh, but for the purpose of this message today, we're going to look at Luke 8, verses 11 to 18. All right, Luke 8, verses 11 to 18. And it starts out like this. Uh, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed along the path are those who have heard and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, welcome the word with joy, having no root. These believe for a while and depart in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones when, who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life, and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring, bear fruit. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and come to light. Therefore, take care how you listen, for whoever has, more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of his already blessed word. Amen. And so the Amplified of... Uh, Verses 16 to 18 read like this. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a container to hide it 
or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come out into the open and come out into the open. So be careful how you listen. For whoever has a teachable heart to him, more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a longing for truth, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Amen. And so we're talking about sowing the word, reaping the harvest, sowing a word, reaping the harvest. And so uh, when we think about these scriptures, Jesus is, he had just told the parable of the sower. Uh, and so we know that parables are, are relatable, practical stories that have spiritual insight, um, that provide spiritual insight. And so Jesus says, the seed is the word of God. And so we need to understand that uh, when we have uh, that, when we have a ear to hear and a heart to receive, that seed is planted. That seed is planted, okay? Uh, because we all, on a whenever the word of God is preached, proclaimed, uh, the seed is being sown. The seed is being sown. The person who's preaching, they're they're sowing seed, okay? Because then you think about where it says. Uh, it talks about that they may not believe and be saved. Now, that's not just talking about uh, salvation, like the salvation uh, when you come to Christ, but that's talking about salvation, not only when you come to Christ, but as you engage in the journey with Christ, okay? You're experiencing the salvation of the Lord because of the word of God, because of the, uh, because of the provision that God gives us in his word. And so, so it says that the seed that fell along the path are those who heard and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. And so that brings to mind a story uh, when I was actually, it was some years ago, I was, I was a very, uh, I was a young person, like I was 17, about 17 years old. And I happened to be at a place, a secular place on a Saturday. And, and while at that place uh, with some other fellas, uh, the door opened where I was able to share Christ with uh, one of the individuals that was at that place. And so as I'm sharing Christ with them, um, then he starts to actually, his heart starts to open up uh, to receive Christ, to receive the message uh, that I was proclaiming of Jesus Christ. And he actually wanted to get saved. He said, okay, what do I need to do in order to, to actually experience Christ, experience and, and get saved? And so as I began to uh, pray with him uh, that he would be birthed into the kingdom. All of a sudden, another individual who was actually there, who I who should have been, who was older and and should have been more mature in the Word of God and actually encouraging this decision for Christ that was being made, then begins to speak words of doubt and unbelief regarding salvation and and almost it it, it turned from a time where the guy was opening his life to Christ to where you would have thought I was selling timeshare or something, you know, I mean, and so it got to the point to where the person, well, well, uh, you know, let me think about it now. First, the guy is ready, but then once this doubt and unbelief starts entering into the, the conversation in the atmosphere, then the guy is like, okay, uh, let me think about it. And, and so, that is the way it is with a lot of people when they hear the word of God, when they hear messages being preached, they can hear the, the word is everybody has an opportunity to produce. 
everybody has that opportunity to receive, right? But the but the devil is waiting to take away the word from your heart. He doesn't want it to reach the heart, okay? So he'll do whatever and cause whatever distraction he can to prevent the word from reaching your heart. All right, and in that situation, that's where the devil entered into the situation. A person who should have been should have been promoting and saying, "Hey, yes, yes, thank God, you're you're giving your life to Christ," but instead started speaking words of doubt and unbelief to make the God, uh, I don't know. And and at that point, and I'm upset. I'm upset. But then it's like, okay, I don't want to. I will. I don't want to communicate my anger and frustration with this person in front of this potential. Uh, uh, this potential person who's a pre-believer who who's ready to, to enter into the kingdom. I don't want to. I don't want to cause any type of uh, confusion in that situation. So I kept. I held my peace. Held my peace. And and it's like when we got in a car with the end. Of, when I got in a car with the with the person who spoke out, and, and I said, "Why did you do that?" I said, "He was ready." I said he was ready. He had heard the word because remember in Romans 10, what does it say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's in regards to salvation. And so faith was there to receive Christ. He was right there on the, on the edge of coming into the kingdom. But then you came in and you spoke words of death. Oh man, I'm so sorry. You know, and, and I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, and, and so, but that's what the devil does. The devil waits. He, he'll use what, whoever he, he, whoever's open and available to him, he will use them. Okay. He will use them. And, and it says Satan comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. So in this case of the situation I'm sharing, it was in regards to the initial uh, entry into salvation and, and belief in Christ. But Satan comes even with salvation in life, the daily, remember, soteria, which means deliverance from temporal evils, which means every day there's something that we need to be saved from there, whether it's, whether it's uh, hurt, harm, and danger, whether it's sickness, whatever it is, there, there is an, there's an opportunity to experience the salvation of the Lord, okay? And the word of God gives us faith to experience and believe that we'll receive the salvation of the Lord in the situations that we're facing. But the devil will come and he will actually disrupt. He will distract people and, and take away the word from their hearts, cause them to scroll through the phones and, and do and not pay attention. Wipe when the word they'll listen, then they'll look down and then scroll into the phones and all that. Or, or whatever, look around, whatever. But they'll, but the the devil will actually cause uh, or, or come and take away the word from their heart. All right, so that they won't believe. But then he says, then the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, they welcome the word with joy. But having no root, these believe for a while and depart in a time of testing. And so that's those people that that's why it. I love praise. I love to dance before the Lord. I love worship. I love it. But you have to have substance. There has to be root in order for the word, because you can hear this word right now and be all excited and, oh, God's going to give me victory. God's going to give me breakthrough and all that and be excited and happy and praise the Lord. But then it says having no root. So if it, all you are about is the emotional experience, 
then you have no root. That is why we have to be grounded. We have to have, we have, there has to be more. There has to be more that helps us to, to really receive and then apply. Because the speaker on, on Wednesday night was sharing about debt elimination and, and ways that we can actually get out of debt. And, and But the one thing she said was, she said, knowledge is not just power, but knowledge applied. When knowledge is then supplemented or, or has corresponding action, what does that sound like? Faith without works is dead, right? But when we have the knowledge, we have the knowledge of God, then it is when we act out, when we when we correspond that with faith in action. We don't just, hallelujah, I receive it. You know, no. But once you receive it, you believe it and you walk it out. You you uh, you say, God, show me how to walk this word out. Show me how to apply it to my life. I don't want to just be excited now, but then tomorrow when something happens, then all of a sudden I, I don't believe anymore. I don't believe, oh, oh, God is a healer. But then all of a sudden something happens. I hear a bad diagnosis or report. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm praying for the individual to go to heaven, to die and go to heaven and say, oh, that's it. No, they are to experience healing here on the earth. He, Jesus said before he left, he said that you will lay hands on the sick and they shall, not they might, but they shall recover. And so I am, my, my responsibility to the body of Christ is to empower you, to equip you to the point to where you know you can do the stuff. You can do everything that Jesus said that we can do. You can have everything that the word of God says that you can have. But you have to have root. You ha it has to be more. It has to be about more than the emotional experience. Because after you've sweated with your praise, after you dried your eyes from your tears and, and extreme worship, then you have to live real life. And so you have to hold on to that word. You have to hold on to that word so that when the testing comes, you are not like those that have no root and they depart. They get it. They just say, you know what? This is not for me. Okay. No, you're not like those people. All right. Then it says, for as for the seed that fell among thorns, these are they, these are the ones who, when they have heard, they go on their way and they are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life and produce no fruit. Okay. And so. When we think about when we think about the the word, right? We think about the word. Then the one important thing to understand is that it's the the word builds an inner image. It builds the inner image. The image of what? The image of God is restored back into mankind through the word of God. Okay, we become we become just like Christ. We we that image that Christ had in Himself. Christ was the word walking around in front of us, okay? That's why in John it says that the word became flesh. Jesus was the word became flesh, all right? And so he had an image. He had an inner image on the inside of him, the same image, the image of God that we were supposed to have from Genesis forward. But what happened? Adam, Adam and Eve 
uh, uh, messed up and then started us on a trajectory downward. Okay, but what happened? But then another Adam came, Jesus Christ, to restore the image back on the inside of us so that we will be able to understand what it is to live as a child of God. Okay. And so as the word builds the inner image of success, of victory, of, of healing, of, of power, as it begins to build that inner image on the inside of us, uh, then uh, we have to remember that we have to cultivate that image. We have to cultivate the seed. Okay. Just like if I, if I plant back grass seed in my yard, you know, and, and I don't water the grass seed, what happens? It's going to die. It's not going to produce grass. It's going to die. But I have to cultivate it. And so what do they recommend? They recommend that you water the grass seed twice a day for at least two to three weeks until it starts sprouting. All right. So we have to give attention. We have to meditate. We have to we have to we have to cultivate and, and water the word that is planted on the inside of us because it's building is building an image, it's the seeds of the image of God being built and, and being restored back into us. And so we have to cultivate that word and then we have to expect fruit from that word, okay? All right? And so then we have to understand because, okay, we talked about the thorns, the thorns, it, uh, Satan's efforts. Think about this. Satan's efforts are aimed at stopping the seed at growing time. He, he wants to stop you in your process of growing the seed, which is the word of God. He wants to stop you from growing that seed. He wants to stop your growth process. And so he sends things along the way to distract you, to throw you off course. But you have, but because why? A seed is much easier to pluck up than a full grown tree with roots. A seed is much easier to pluck up than a full-grown tree with roots. And a reference scripture for that is Proverbs 12.3. What does Proverbs 12.3 says? It says, a man cannot be made secure by wickedness, but the root of the righteous is what? Immovable. And in the New Living Translation, it says, wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. But the godly have deep roots. Okay. And so that is why Satan comes. He comes during that growing time. He comes during a growing time to stop the growth. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want you. I remember when I was a kid and during devotional service, uh, people have, when they, in their testimony, they would say, you know, y'all pray for me that I will be all that God wants me to be in these last and evil days. Satan doesn't want you to be all that God wants you to be in these last and evil days. He wants to stop you before you, re you realize your sonship. Because remember in Romans where it says that the creature, the nature, all creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Satan doesn't want you to realize your sonship. He doesn't want you to realize the rights and privileges that you have as a child of God. He doesn't want you to realize that. So he tries to come as you're growing. Okay, that is why it seems like things get harder when you're growing because you're growing. And Satan doesn't want you to grow. He wants you to give up. He wants you to be like those other people. He wants you to be like the ones that have the seed thrown along the way. Okay, well, he can't stop you. It gets, it penetrates. But then he wants you to be like those people that have no root. 
He wants you to be like the ones that allow the cares of life, the worries, the riches, the pleasures of life to, to choke the seed, okay, and produce no mature fruit. It says, but the seed in the good ground is these are the ones who, having heard the word, are with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring, by enduring. Christians today need to learn endurance. They need to learn endurance. All right. Because it's more than that's why I said you have to get beyond the point of just an emotional experience. You have to have endurance. You have to have the stick to itness when it comes to your walk with God. And so then in in uh in the scriptures, uh we we see where God is God is trying to again that seed talking about that seed. That is the, the full image of our redemption. The full image of our redemption in God. That's what he's trying to grow us into. It, you think about even Ephesians where it talks about the fivefold ministry. And it says what? They, they're trying to help us to get to the, the place where we look like Christ. We look like a mature man. And then we say the mature man is Christ. Christ was the example of the mature man. So if you want to know what the mature believer looks like, then read about Jesus Christ in the Gospels. Just look at what he did. Look at what he said. Look at how he reacted. How he responded to situations. That is what the mature believer looks like. The mature believer looks like Jesus Christ. And so so the word builds that same image of our full redemption of that mature man. It builds that image inside of us. And so here's some scriptures you can go to in your private time. Hebrews 1 verse 3, Romans 8 verse 29, and then Galatians 3 verses 16 to 29. And if you miss these scriptures as I'm stating them, then you can always re-watch and re-listen. Okay? Uh, so... That's why you need to download the Yes Lord Ministries mobile app. Uh, so then uh, the reason why the disciples were afraid of the wind. Think about that in Mark 4, 35 to 41. Remember when, when the wind, the storm came? Okay, so the reason why the disciples were afraid of the wind and the sea is because they had not yet built and developed that inner image, that inner image based on a word, based on Christ. They had not yet built that inner image on the inside of themselves that would have given them and helped them realize that they have authority over the elements. Wow. Wow. So when we build the inner image, that when we build that image based on the word of God and we begin to mature into that, that full, that, that mature man, Christ, when we begin to mature into him, then we start to understand the power and authority that we have. It's not just power and authority to dance. No, that power and authority that we have gives us the power and authority over the natural world. Power and authority over the spiritual world. They, they had the same. Jesus said, why didn't you have any faith? Because if they had faith, if they realized the image that Jesus was trying to impart into them, if they realized that, then they would have realized that they had just as much power over the wind and the sea that Jesus had. That's why when he did command the wind and the sea to be still, they said, what manner of man is this? What is, who, who is he? 
What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They had that same power and authority. You have that same power and authority to command the wind and the sea to be still. It's not just situational as far as like the struggle, the stress and struggles and, and problems of life. No, you have the power and authority to command the elements to be still. I remember my mentor when he was alive, he's, he once talked about uh, there was a tornado coming towards his particular par uh, part of, of, of state. And uh, he lived in Texas. He said there was a storm tornado coming his way. He said he stood on his porch and he commanded that tornado to break apart, to fall apart. And what happened? That tornado actually just, it just came to nothing. And as we have to understand that when we really walk in the fullness of our redemption, when we walk in the fullness of the power and authority that we have in Jesus Christ, it will blow your mind. Okay. Like, let's just be honest with you. Like the things that we can do, the things that we can do in Christ, it, it's amazing. And Jesus gave us just the, a few of those things when he was commanding and he was challenging and charging the disciples before he left in and 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 uh in Matthew uh, 28 and Mark 16. He, he when he does the great commission, he's telling them what they're going to be able to do, some of the things that they're going to be able to do. And then you even think about when the disciples were walking with Jesus and there was a town that was disrespecting and dishonoring Jesus, what did they say? Do you want us to command fire down from heaven? Whoa, that means they knew they could command fire down from heaven. And so there are five things that Satan uses to choke the word. And so we read that in, in Mark 8, but their affliction or pain and suffering, okay? He uses pain and suffering to choke the word that you receive. Uh, he used persecution, hostility, ill treatment because of that word, okay? It, because you hear the word, because you hear this word now, okay? Because you're hearing this word and it's telling you, it's empowering you to, to, to really get you mobilized as believers and let you know that your experience in Christ extends beyond a church service. But it's in life that you can actually experience the fullness of the stature of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay. But Satan doesn't want you to do that. So what? He sends affliction, pain and suffering. He sends affliction, pain, and suffering. God don't send it. Stop blaming God for your trouble. Persecution, hostility, ill treatment, uh, the cares of this world, suffering, grief, oppression of the mind, oppression of the mind. That is why mental health is such a buzzword is because the cares of this world, he's trying to oppress the minds of the believers and unbelievers to the point to where they can't grasp the reality of the word of God because they're trying to hold on to their own reality, all right? Being weighed down by responsibility, anxiety, worry, okay? The deceitfulness of riches, the false security and glamour of wealth or fame. Don't let Instagram fool y'all. Don't let those reels, the highlight reels on social media fool you. If you pursue those things, then you will have a false sense of security because there are many people, especially within the last couple of years, a lot of the high profile suicides have been people that when we look at them, we would say, 
oh, but they had money, they had this, they had that, but they still weren't happy. They still didn't feel safe. They didn't feel secure. They didn't feel loved, okay? And then the lust of other things. And so by meditating on the word, again, it builds that right image on the inside of you. And that's Joshua 1 verse 8. Remember what he told Joshua, you know, Joshua 1 8. He, he needed Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. But how can you lead people into a promised land when you don't have promised land mentality on the inside of you? Okay, so he told Joshua what? Meditate on a word day and night. Meditate on a word day and night. Okay, why? Because meditation helps to build our capacity for faith. Meditation on the word of God, not just no, meditation on the word of God, build your capacity for faith. All right. And then acting on the word of God continues to build your faith. That's why we go from faith to faith and glory to glory, because as God reveals himself and as God causes you to see his his glory, his his power, his his awesomeness, his goodness. As you begin to act on a word and, and God meets you at the place of obedience, then that begins to build your faith in God. All right. And so an understanding of the word will guarantee a harvest in your life. Remember, everyone has the opportunity to produce a harvest. But it's the ones that understand the word that understand the word, which is why reading the word is not enough. You need to actually study the word, meditate on the word of God, and then God will give you an understanding of the word, and that will guarantee a harvest in your life. All right. The reason why a lot of people aren't seeing the results of the word is because a lot of people, they, they have faith that's misdirected. They want to they experience God's provision, but they don't know what the word of God says concerning provision. They want to experience protection, but they don't know what the word of God says about protection. They want to experience healing, but they don't know what the word of God says about healing. So, so the word of God gives focus and gives direction to your faith. All right. And so understanding the word helps you to know where and how to apply your faith. All right. And so. Begin to see the word as a living thing that produces after its own. Oh, boy. Begin to see the word of God as a living thing that begins to produce after its own. Think about the fact that even in Isaiah, Isaiah says what? The word doesn't proceed out of his mouth. It doesn't go out of God's mouth and return void. In effect, it doesn't, it doesn't return void. It doesn't return without any result or effect but it the word if you look at it in, in the hebrew that word the word has the power within itself to fulfill itself it just needs that faith connection in your life and so faith grows from the word faith comes out here and hearing by the word of god faith grows from the word prophecy grows from the word okay any prophet that does not study God's word will have a very limited prophecy. They, when they prophesy, their prophecies will be very limited, very surface. Why? 
because they don't have the word. They don't study the word. And, and their word, because guess what? The word is connected to the Holy Spirit. And so if they don't study the word, their prophecies will be limited. And then their prophecies will begin to originate from their soul, from their soul, instead of the Holy Spirit. Oh, boy. You don't want to talk about that. These prophecies out here, a lot of people prophesying from their souls instead of the Holy Spirit. They're prophesying from their souls instead of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they're not spending enough time studying the word of God to know the mind of God, the heart of God. All right. And understanding grows from the word. And so I once heard that the African-American scientist, George Washington Carver, read, his, read the word of God daily. He read his Bible daily. He loved the word of God. And so he believed that God had provided all that we needed in nature, in the created world. He provided all that we need in nature. And what happened? God gave him such an understanding of nature and taught him how to unlock nature's potential. And what did he create from the peanut? Over 300 products from the peanut. And this was a this was person who studied who who meditated on the word every single day, all right. And, and so he once said this: All my life, I have risen regularly at four in the morning to go into the woods and to talk with God. That's where he reveals his secrets to me. When everybody else is asleep, I hear God best and learn my plan. This is a student of the Word of God, all right. Then he also said this, he told, he told me, this God telling George Washington Carver, George Washington Carver, he said, he told me, separate the peanut into water, fats, oils, gums, resins, sugars, starches, and amino acids. Then recombine these under my three laws of compatibility, temperature, and pressure. Then the Lord said, then you will know why I made the peanut. So you see what can happen when you begin to give yourself to understand and to study and meditate on the word of God. God will unlock mysteries to you. He unlocked the peanut to George Washington Carver. And George Washington Carver was able to discover over 300 uses for the peanut. You know? And so... When the word is heard, believed, received, and acted on, it will produce that 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest. All right? And that's in Mark 4.20. And then God's word will do and produce whatever God can do. God and his word are one. God's word will do and produce whatever God can do. God and his word are one. And that's in John the first chapter, verses 1 to 2, and then verse 14. And so I just pray that you are blessed by the message on today. And I pray that you actually begin, listen, and, and listen to this message over and over again in order to really understand what God wants you to have in the season of your life as a believer in the body of Christ. You know, And if you don't know Christ, and I want to give you an invitation now to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and so I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. 
Your word says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm calling on you and I pray and ask you to come into my heart and be Lord over my life. According to Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I do that now, and I confess that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I am now reborn. I'm a Christian. I am a child of Almighty God. I am saved. And so if you actually said that prayer, then I want you to message us, connect with us using uh, the various methods of connection that you see on the screen. Uh, you can connect with us uh, and, and we can actually provide next steps because it's one thing to be birthed into the kingdom, but then it's another thing to be discipled. And so we want you to be discipled. We want you to lead a productive Christian life, uh, one that actually uh, starts to affect positive change in the world around you. Uh, and so we want you to connect with us and so I just bless you and I just say, God, thank you for the, the harvest that you're giving your people. Thank you, Lord God, for breakthrough, for victory. Thank you for built for your people committing to building that image, the, the image of full redemption on the inside of them, that image that looks just like Jesus Christ. And so, God, I thank you that we're, we're living like Jesus. We're, we're, we're walking like Jesus. We're talking like Jesus. We're acting like Jesus. Lord God, because Jesus acted like you. And so, God, we just thank you and we praise you right now for healing, for victory, for salvation, for whatever it is that your people need. We thank you that you've already provided for it in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Evangelist Clifton, it's in your hands. God bless you. Complete Deliverance, Finding and Keeping Total Victory for Your Life by Apostle Willie Talbert. Learn how to get delivered and stay delivered. God's word shows us how to live in total victory. Live each day as a believer who is experiencing total victory and walking in complete deliverance. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Changing of the Guards, Understanding Who Rules You by Dr. Mamie S. Talbert. Wake up and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Learn to pray until a change has taken place in the spiritual realm. Don't allow the wrong kinds of thoughts to thrive. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Partner with YLM financially using the following methods. Text giving. Text GIVE to 1-844-948-3895. GIVELIFY. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website, visit www.ylmconnect.org and click donate. Cash app, dollar sign, yes, Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes, Lord Ministries, P.O. Box 425, Union, New Jersey, 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. Every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m., Join us for our Sunday Night Ignite service. Every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096. 
and the access code is 17268 pound. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of Apostle Willie Tolbert, Dr. Mamie S. Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.